Hello and welcome to the Hot Rod Bible Study where tonight we come to you live from Mansfield, Texas in the home of Jen and James Johnson. I almost forgot my daughter's name. Can you believe that? Home of Jen and James Johnson who along with their kids Justin and Julia comprise the four J's and we are just blessed to be here this evening and I hope this evening finds you blessed as well. Tonight we continue our study in the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter 3 to be exact. So if you would, uh, wouldn't mind turning your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 3 and if you'd join me in prayer quickly. Gracious Heavenly Father, again we thank you for this opportunity to be here this evening to study your word and we thank you for your word that we have to study. We thank you for your presence here among us as it says in your word where two or more are gathered in your name there you are so we thank you for being here and lord we pray that you open our hearts and our minds to your word and as always keep me out of the way we pray this in jesus name amen all right hebrews chapter 3 verse 1 where it says therefore holy brethren partakers of the heavenly calling Consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him who appointed him, as Moses also was faithful in all his house. For this one has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who built the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone, but he who built all things is God. And Moses indeed was faithful in his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which would be spoken afterward. But Christ, as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast to the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end." Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works for forty years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, They always go astray in their heart. And they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Beware, brethren, lest there be any of you, in any of you, an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who, having heard, rebelled? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Now, with whom was he angry? Forty years. Was it not those who had sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? So, 
we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. We'll stop right there and see what God has to say to us through his word. Again, uh, Hebrews is written, oh, probably about 63. And again, that's not 1963, but ought, ought 63. We figure that because there is no mention of either um, Nero's oppression of the believers, nor uh, does it mention anything about the destruction of the temple, which happened in AD 70. Now, there is some discussion on who God used to pen this specific epistle. Some people say that it was Apollos. Some people say it was Barnabas. Some people say it was Paul. But it doesn't say specifically, as in the Paulinian letters that we've been studying, where it says, the Apostle Paul, along with my friend Timothy, writes this. It's my opinion, and just take it with however many grains of salt you desire, that God intentionally does not, does not tell us who was the one who penned this. Why? Just to remind us that all Scripture is God-breathed, which we read in 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. doesn't matter who was a human who wrote it down. The fact that it's God-breathed is what Scripture is all about. So, here we are. We're starting off again. Uh, Hebrews 3, verse 1, where it says, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. Okay. Therefore, this is one of those deals where the author says, because of this, do this. We back up in chapter 1. It talks about Jesus being the high priest above angels. So what are we trying to do here? Therefore, holy brethren, as Jesus calls us who are believers, okay, partakers of the heavenly calling. Okay, bringing many sons to glory. This is what it says here in chapter 2, verse 10. Partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Jesus Christ. Consider. Okay. The word for this in the Greek is katonoin, all right, which translated means it does not simply look to or to notice a thing. Anyone can look at a thing or even notice it without really seeing it. The word means to fix the attention on something in such a way that its inner meaning, the lesson it is designed to teach, may be learned. Okay, which is more than just considering, it's thinking about this and learning from it. Okay, consider the apostle, somebody who's called, right? Somebody who's uh, called to be sent out. High priest, remember last week, we looked to see that Jesus is the high priest, unlike the high priest in the Old Testament, who was the one who delivered the offering, right? Well, Jesus became the offering for us, so he's better than the high priest. Why do I keep going on about this better than angels or better than Moses? Well, again, this book is written to Hebrew believers. As the title intimates, it's Hebrews, right? And their desire uh, 
to follow the law in different things to gain salvation, which you can't. You can only gain it through Jesus Christ. What's happened is, is false teachers have come in and say, hey, look at the old ways. How come you're following this new guy? Of course, it speaks of him in the Old Testament, Jesus Messiah. Okay, verse 2 goes on to say, who, speaking of Christ Jesus, was faithful to him, capital H, which means God, who appointed him, capital H, as Moses also was faithful in all his house, in God's house, in the tabernacle. Okay, for this one, referring to Christ, has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses. Again, Jesus is higher than the angels. Jesus is higher than Moses. Why do we point this out? Well, unfortunately, people get this idea that they need to pray to angels or pray to ancestors. Sorry, it does you no good. Angels are not, I repeat, are not Clarence on It's a Wonderful Life. You, they did not obtain wings every time a bell was rung. No, angels are a created being for God's purposes. Okay, so you don't worship the created, you worship the creator. And this is what the author of Hebrews, well, God is trying to point out to these people. Okay, also, they felt that Moses, man, he was the guy, right? He delivered the law. Well, that's right, but he isn't worthy to pray to or worship because, again, he's a man, a sinful man, just as I am, just as you are. Okay, it says, Moses was also faithful in the tabernacle, for this one has been counted worthy of glory more than Moses, inasmuch as he who built the house has more honor than the house. Okay, think about that. Uh, the development that Pam and I just moved into, uh, how do you know what the house is about? Well, it's because Mandalay built the house. Gets more honor than the house itself. I kind of look at it this way too. It's kind of like a hot rod. Okay, here we have uh, Bruce Cannonpaugh owns the Pearson Brothers Coupe. For those of you who are land speed racers or old hot rodders, you can see in your mind's eye the Pearson Brothers Coupe with Bob Pearson standing out there with his helmet on, the famous hot rod magazine photograph, right? Bruce Campana, I can't pronounce his last name, Campana, right? Uh, he owns it now. But nobody knows it is Bruce's car. They know it as the Pearson brothers. Why? Because the Pearson brothers were the ones who built it. This is kind of the little bit of the illustration that I can use for hot rod. Okay. It goes on to say, For every house is built by someone, but he who built all things is God. Again, God trumps Moses. God trumps the angels. Builder of all things. Verse 5 says, and Moses indeed was faithful in his house as a servant. Yes, Moses was a faithful servant for a testimony of those things which would be spoken afterwards. The law. Again, we learned last couple of weeks that the angels brought the law to Moses, right? And this is what people are trying to get their way into heaven by following the law. I don't know about you folks, 
Uh, but I'm imperfect, and I certainly cannot follow all the laws that were put there. It's a good thing that Jesus became sin for us and paid that price. Okay, But here is the law, which is the law SOS, which means shows our sins, where the gospel SOS means saves our souls. You might write that down. It's kind of fun to know. Verse 6, But Christ as son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast to the confidence and rejoicing of the hope, firm to the end. Okay, whose house we are. That's kind of interesting. Well, let's look at that. First Peter chapter 2, verses 4 and 5 says, Coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house and a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ. Not through the priest, not through the high priest, through Christ himself. Again, we do not need to go through a priest of any flavor to get our sins forgiven. We go directly through Jesus who paid the price for our sins. Okay, And we are part of that if we hold fast with a confidence rejoicing from the end. Again, Jesus is greater than Moses just as he is greater than the angels as was pointed out in chapter 1. Okay, now this next section of five verses is a quotation from Psalm 95, verses 7 through 11. Why do we have this? Again, this is written to Hebrew believers who should have at least eh, a little bit of a working knowledge of Scripture. So there's quotes from Scripture here. Where it begins in verse 7, it says, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear His voice. Today, not tomorrow, not next week. Today, this shows urgency in doing this, right? Verse 8 goes on to say, Do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the trial, in the day of trial in the wilderness. Don't harden your hearts. Oh boy, what does that mean? What does that mean? How do we harden our hearts? Well, we harden our hearts by being unbelieving. Real simple. A lot of times we have people who are unbelievers, and, and I understand that. This stuff can be kind of hard to take at times. But most of the time, unbelievers are those who think that they are brighter than Scripture. Oh, that stuff couldn't happen. They think that they are brighter than the infinite God who wrote Scripture. Hmm, they harden their hearts because, oh, this could not be so. What do we do to the opposite of that? Okay, Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26, a wonderful quote that I love. It says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Soften your hearts. And this is a prayer that I have for all my un unbelieving friends and loved ones is that their hearts would be softened. How do you do that? Well, big deal is surrender. Surrender to an authority greater than you. This is hard for man to do. But this is the key. Surrender your life to Jesus Christ. 
and you will have eternal life. Okay, goes on to say how they did this in the day of trial in the wilderness. Okay, this comes from uh, Numbers chapters 13 and 14. I'm not going to bore you to tears by reading Numbers chapters 13 and 14 to you this evening. I wouldn't say bore you to tears because it's very interesting. Read it for yourself. Give it a chance. What's he talking about? Well, what's talking about here is when they came to the Israelites, came to the promised land, and they sent spies in to see whether or not this is worthwhile. Can we do this? And to a man, the exception of Joshua and Caleb, they came back and said, Oh, no, it's too much. We can't do it. Joshua and Caleb said, yeah, it's pretty tough, but everything that God has promised is here, and He's with us. And if we go in and use Him, you know, go by His ideas and not ours, we can do this. Well, they hardened their hearts during the rebellion. They decided, oh no, we can't go into the promised land because it's too scary. Okay, verse 9, it says, Where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works for 40 years. It's kind of interesting here. Uh, when Hebrews was written, it was pretty close to 40 years after the religious leaders at the time rejected Jesus as Messiah. Just as the 40 years, the generation that was lost in the wilderness. Okay, it says, goes on to say that, verse 10, Therefore... I was angry with that generation and said, they will go astray, pardon me, they always go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. They did not enter the promised land. It was the next generation. Why? Because they hardened their hearts. This is what the author here, well, God is warning us, don't harden your hearts. Surrender to Jesus, or you'll be kicked out of the promised land. Verse 12, Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Evil heart, once again, a hardened heart. Now, I got a note here from my friend Charles Spurgeon, who, uh, a lot smarter than me, actually uh, passed on many years ago, an old old theologian, and this is great, it says, Hearken, O unbeliever, you have said, I cannot believe, but it would be more honest if you said, I will not believe. It's not, I cannot, it's will not. The mischief lies there. Your unbelief is your fault, not your misfortune. It is a disease, but it is also a crime. It is a terrible source of misery to you, but it's justly so, for it was an atrocious offense against God of truth. Okay? People who say, I can't believe it. No, you might as well be honest and say, I won't believe that. It is my prayer daily that those who won't will. Let's go on here. It's on to say, um, again, it goes on to say in here, but exhort one another daily while it is still called today. Again, that urgency. We talked about it in verse 7. Today, 
There's urgency to this. You know what? Christ might come back right now. That might be really interesting on, on, the, uh, on the video, but uh, it sure wouldn't hurt my feelings any. But are you prepared? Just be prepared. While it is still called today, urgent. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Deceitfulness of sin. You may have heard this said before, but it bears repeating that Satan is the father of all lies. So this is deceitfulness. That's what sin's about. Verse 14, it goes on, We have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Okay, David Guzik, who actually I have met, uh, says this. says, partakers of his obedience, partakers of his suffering, partakers of his death, partakers of his resurrection, partakers of his victory, partakers of his plan, partakers of his power, partakers of his ministry of intercession. Remember, intercessory prayer, remember that, okay? Partakers of his work, partakers of his glory, partakers of his destiny. Seeing partakers in Christ says it all. Verse 15 says, While it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in rebellion. Again, quoting the same thing, Psalm 95, that's verses 7 and 8. Okay, verse 16 goes on to say, For who, having heard, rebelled? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? You know, they started off doing okay. Some of them were grumbling, but you know what? They crossed the Red Sea, the parting of the Red Sea, right? They, they trusted God in that. You know, that's a pretty scary deal. They started off doing okay. But then they got to grumbling. Oh boy, when we were in Egypt, we had bitter food. We had all this stuff, right? Yeah, but they're slaves. Hmm. Verse 17 goes on to say, Now with whom he was angry with for 40 years, was it not those who sinned, whose corpse fell in the wilderness? Yes. And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those did, who did not obey? You know what? I think the older we get, the more we desire rest. Uh, <laughs> and that's not necessarily true. I was just having a great discussion with my son-in-law, James, who mentioned how he was short on sleep the other night. And you know what? He really needed the rest. Had to go to work the next day. Would have been better had he had more rest. I think we all look forward to rest. But guess what? Those who are unbelievers, those who have hardened their hearts, will not receive that ultimate rest that we will. Verse 19 goes on to say, So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. That's it. It says, Unbelievers will not enter the kingdom of glory, not because there isn't enough evidence. There is plenty of evidence in Scripture, but because of their unbelief. Now, you might be thinking, Willie, and I hope, I truly hope, that some of you out there, within the sound of my voice, are not believers, and that you're watching this saying, I heard about this 
nutty old hot rodder guy who reads Scripture and then has a commentary on it or something like that. But I hope that you dive in to God's Word. Please do. Start, start in the book of John in the New Testament. That gives you a good basis to understand God's plan for you and God's plan for me. Because guess what? On our lonesome, we stink. We need Jesus in our lives. We need to surrender to him. It's just that simple. Okay, now it's the time where I have to say my usual, are there any questions, comments, or smart aleck remarks? And I see none here. And again, I want to remind you that if you do have questions, comments, smart aleck remarks, or anything else like that that you want to get a hold of me, feel free to get a hold of me uh, through the Facebook page or actually, better yet, www.hotrodbiblestudy.com. And when you visit there, sign up. We have a monthly newsletter, if nothing else. It used to be that be something you could crumble up for paper and use it in the bottom of your birdcage. But now you can just go through it on the phone. So please sign up. Again, that's www.hotrodbiblestudy.com. There's a, a cheap advertisement. And with that, I'd just like to say, Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen. <laughs>